All your base are belong to us. Uh, hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy, I'm a writer, and I am rewatching things and in the middle of things. And in two cases, I'm in the middle of rewatching things. So this is a light one for me. I'm Mary, I'm a marketer, and <laughs> um, I'm a mother. Uh, I'm a bitch. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And did you know that um, doing anything while pregnant makes it so you're going to feel like you're going to die? Mary just told me to remove the stairs from my house. And (laughs) I tried to explain to her that that would make it harder to get upstairs. But she's not feeling that explanation. Oh, you could. You you could, like, the bare minimum, put in an elevator. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That is within my budget with my vet fucking bills. Vet fucking bills. My fucking vet bills. I don't see the issue here. Yeah, my pets aren't really expensive or anything. No, not at all. They're not as as expensive as children. It's more important. That's that- a joke. They are expensive as children. <laughs> I realize now that some people might not get that. Some people joke. don't know how expensive my pets are. Um, it's definitely better for me to add an elevator to my mm. home for your temporary condition. You're right. I'm glad <laughs> that you agree. <laughs> Um, I'll let Josh know. Yeah, let Josh know. We'll get right on it. Um, I'll let you go first. Since I have more. You have more than me. Um, I watched Forced by My Husband. Actually, oh, wasn't was Forced. I, um, I watched Saw X, the new Saw movie. I've seen, I think, all the others, including Spiral, which was terrible. <laughs> Josh liked it, I oh, think. I did not like it. It was so weird. Um, and... If you like Saw movies, you will like this one. I'm probably going to watch it today. Yeah. We're I, doing a Saw marathon today for reasons that are beyond comprehension. Um, it was fine. It was it was a Saw movie. <laughs> the the traps know, were deployed. I'm not going to say anything since you're going to watch it. But like, yeah, there are traps. Um, there are bad people. Do they play a game? They play a game. They play a game. <laughs> Part cheesy. Uh, no, it was worse. Chess? No, it was like craps. Oh no, not craps. Not craps. Um the brief the brief non spoilers is Mr. Sawman is there. <laughs> Just saw I can't I could not remember his name and I kept calling him ha- Hey Arnold. <laughs> I kept calling him John Kissinger. John Kissinger. <laughs> and then I think I said John Kinsley. It's John something with a K. I don't now uh, forever you'll see John Kissinger. John Kissinger. Uh Carpenter Brother to Henry. John Carpenter is a director. <laughs> That's right. <gasps> no, John Carpenter is the composer. Fucking... No, it's the guy in Mars. Oh Jesus Christ. Who's Carpenter? Hold on. David Car David Cronenberg. Jo- Maybe it's also John Carpenter. I think John Carpenter is also a composer. John Carpenter, he did the, the Halloween theme. And he's also the director, but I don't know if his name is John Carpenter. John Howard Carpenter is an American film director, screenwriter, and composer. Okay, so John Carpenter... We're correct on all accounts. John Carpenter... Except for the Mars. No, he's also from Mars. Yeah, it? but not the No, same that's person. John Carter. Carter. Wow, yeah. what a journey we've been on. <laughs> Trying to remember the name of the character from Saw. I still don't remember what it is. <laughs> and we'll never Kramer? know. John Kramer? I don't know. I'm not gonna look it up. Let's don't. Just, I'm not gonna. We look don't it need up. to know what his fucking name yeah. is. <laughs> he's back and he's sick. 
as he has been. Yes. And then uh, he finds some people and they're like, oh, we can help you. But the FDA and the government doesn't want us to help you because of big pharma. And you can see how it sets that up. Yes. Um, and then some bad things happen and uh, so a good amount of people die. There's some p- terrible people and uh, some people come back from old old ones. Sick. Well, one. That sounds like what you want from a Saw movie. To yeah. Honest. It, honestly, if, like I said, if you like the Saw franchise, like I think Josh is going to like it. Yes. Stephanie will probably like it. You'll probably sit there and go, I, I can almost guarantee that was a Saw movie. Yep. <laughs> All the elements were there. We watched a Saw movie. <laughs> the the deaths weren't as creative, but how much how creative can you get after 10? I, I sent Josh a joke the other day. Let me find it really quick. The Taylor Swift I'm one. I'm a bitch. Oh, I, I'm a bitch. I'm a mother. I'm a child. I'm a lover. I don't actually know if that's the order those things go in. And frankly, I don't care. Yeah, just like John Cavanaugh. John Cavanaugh. <laughs> um, it was a joke from uh, so far so good, not spelled how you would think. Saying me, I'm sorry, but horror movies do nothing for me. I just don't scare e- easily. Date. Oh my god, really? But did you ever see Saw? Me. Yeah, but as long as it doesn't go too high and you hold on tight, it's fine. <gasps> Seesaw. Another. I think another good joke about this. <laughs> the Saw franchise is. I, I don't know if I just made this up or if I saw this somewhere, but like, how do you feel about the Saw franchise? Oh, it has. No, that doesn't work. Never mind. Did you ever see the Saw fran- franchise? Yeah, it's got some ups and downs. There's there's something there, right? <laughs> there's something there. This- it has some hard edges and not hard edges. Or <laughs> it has its peaks and valleys. It has its peaks and valleys and like ups and downs because it's a seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> we're so thanks <laughs> thanks for coming everybody <laughs> and that's all i have to say about saw thank you for taking us that the transition into the next thing seems impeccable uh, yeah <laughs> i reread i'm just gonna talk about both at once okay uh i reread the rest of the uh lock tomb series by tamson Muir, which is uh harrow the ninth and nona the ninth i was you know that it's always sunny in philadelphia meme the pepe silva i haven't even seen sunny it's always sunny in philadelphia so i don't know what this refers to but like the it's charlie day with like the yes red stri- that was me reading hero the ninth and nona the ninth you had a I spreadsheet bo- didn't you not as well i did have a little table that was rapidly not disproven but i saw i had mislabeled some things because pluto is a dwarf planet and because i wasn't sure if the sun counted mm. if you know you know um <laughs> I posted I posted in a discord that I'm in um, that I was I was doing this whole like table trying to understand everything that was going on as it was happening and somebody else was like this is me reading they're like I'm doing the same thing and this is me reading it and it was that uh, that screenshot of BuzzFeed Unsolved where the one guy is like I've connected the dots and he's like you haven't connected shit and he's like I've connected them that's literally what it's like <laughs> reading Arrow and Nona the Ninth um, so these are the sequel to Gideon the Ninth uh, the first one is the one that is hard it's hard to read and the reason it's hard to read is because it is told in second person for reasons that become clear about 75 to 80% Jesus. of the way for the book um, were you like what I was like oh holy shit like I had figured some things out this is the first time I read it I had figured some things about it out but I hadn't quite 
like nailed it. Now reading it again, I see all of the clues and it's <laughs> very funny. It's extremely fucking funny the way it's pulled off. But you have to know going into it in order to understand some of the jokes. Um, they're very funny though. But uh, there's the fact that it's told in second person and then there's the fact that it rewrites the the events of the first book in a way that makes you go, hey, what the fuck am I reading? <laughs> because it's like, it's literally like you're reading a different version of events because you are. <laughs> um, and there's a reason for that. But you don't, again, you don't get revealed <laughs> why that is until 60 to 80% of the way through the book. And this can be a really frustrating reading experience if you don't wholeheartedly put your trust in Tamsin Weir that it's going to pay off, which is fair, in my opinion. But I really liked, I like anything that takes a risk, right? We know this about me. I love a risk taker. You'd rather someone shoot for the stars and fail than be safe. As the saying goes. (laughs) Everybody knows that saying. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Find the flaw. Um, You can't. There's no one to be found. Uh, So I was willing to go along for the ride, even though I had a really difficult time reading it. Um, Not because it's bad, just because I like I didn't know what was happening. Did that make it more fun for you? It's hard to say. It certainly made the payoff good because I didn't look up anything about the second book Mm. before um, before I read it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that with the third either. The third actually follows... So the the second book follows Harrow, who's a character from the first book. Um, She is the reverend daughter of the ninth tomb and the gothiest goth to ever goth, as I referred to her in the last episode. um, The last time I talked about Gideon. Um, So it follows her, but things are different. (laughs) It's the best way I could think to put it. The third book follows a different character named Nona, um, who seems to be a character maybe she is a character we've known before but also maybe she isn't and that's kind of the mystery of the book is figuring out who Nona is and the first two books have had a lot of like characters who are really motivated and who are like trying to do something and accomplish something and Nona's just like I'm living my life I love everybody Nona is the sweetest character on earth I love Nona I would die for Nona um, and that's really all that can be said without spoiling a whole bunch of stuff. So rereading these books was a really, really good experience. If you have read them before, a reread is so good. Like <laughs> it was, it was really, really good. I was having a lot of fun taking notes and trying to piece things together. Um, there was a couple of things I figured out in advance on my reread. So like it only half counts. Um, that were very exciting to figure out. There's some still some things I don't understand. The most important thing to take away here is that I fucking love the villain of the series so much. And I can't say anything about them because it's a spoiler for the second book. Um, th- this villain is so fucking good. Just in every conceivable sense. They are a rat bastard with a capital R and a capital capital B, the worst person ever, and also the most likable character, especially in book two. <laughs> they're, the, they're the person that seems to suck the least. Um, but I, I don't know. This series is so good. It's so much fun. It's not like a lot of things I read because it's very, very heavy on world building and like a lot of complex ideas being thrown around like 
about this world, which I don't read a lot of. Like, I love fantasy, but I tend to love closer to our world fantasy. Um, and I tend to struggle when there's a lot of really complex world building like there is in this series. But Tamsin Weir's writing is so much fun. Like, she's just a fun fucking writer. She's funny. She just, like, nails this balance of darkness and humor exceptionally well, especially in Nona the Ninth. Um, again, if you... the Everything with the cows, if you know, you know. If you don't know, you don't, you, you don't know. Um, it's just really, really, really well executed. This series is not for everybody. It, Despite it being something that is commonly marketed as lesbian necromancers in space, that's maybe one-tenth of what's happening in the series. Like, that is not... <laughs> I don't think that's a good way to sell the book because you are going to think that you're getting something quite different than you are. What you are getting is a very twisty, turny narrative told from a variety of perspectives about extremely complex stories and characters um that you're always always on the outside of like you never really get you never know more than the characters what's going on and that is what makes it so fun to me is to be perpetually on the outside of the story um so i have a blast with this series if you cannot if you read the first one and you're like wow gideon is so annoying it's not going to get better for you <laughs> because you're going to then it's not for you it's it's simply not for you if you think that gideon is annoying which is fair um i personally i fucking love gideon and i love how that humor develops throughout the series and expands upon itself especially because i think it makes these very like inhuman feeling characters feel human in a way we can recognize but your mileage may vary on that one. But I think this series is great. I hope that someday Electo comes out. <laughs> I know it's a it's a complicated series. Book publishing is difficult. Um currently Electo, the the fourth book, does not have a release date, and that's sad and scary to me. I think me. I looked it up for you and it said like twenty twenty four. No, it currently says fall twenty twenty three. Oh, I see. And um that window is closing. <laughs> I don't Quickly. think it's coming out fall 2023. Um, but I hope it comes out. I'm sure it will come out, but I think times are hard. Um, it's a great series. Inflation. I, inflation. Uh, time, times are hard. It's a great series. Uh, it's worth a read if any of that sounds interesting to you. Uh, just know if you read that first book and you're like, Jesus Christ, Gideon is so annoying. This series may not be for you, and that's okay. And also, don't be swayed by everybody saying it's about lesbian necromancers in space. It's not not about that, but it's also not entirely about that. If you're expecting a like swashbuckling romance with lesbians, it's not what you're getting. That's not what it is. I feel like that's such a common issue that people are having, like with so many books. As like, I, I feel like it's almost like a you want someone to read it so bad that you'll tell them that that's what's in there. So yeah, I think this happened a lot with the Poppy Wars. Yes, um, and it's so interesting. Why, why, why do that? Like, don't get me wrong, there are lesbian necromancers in space, but that's not what the book is about. Yeah, it's not a romance. It's not a romance. There's romance in it, but it's. I'm sure you can find a fan fiction. It's, oh, oh, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, it's a great series though. It's just like know what you're getting into, and if you don't like it. That's okay. It's okay to not like the darling of the sci-fi fantasy world. <laughs> I think it's great, but yeah. not everybody does. But you're a snob. 
But I'm a snob, and that's why I'm reading one of the most highly acclaimed books of the last five years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one's really ever heard of it. Nobody's ever heard of The Locked Tomb. Nope. Especially those in the book industry. Yeah, no, nobody knows what it is. Um, I watched also, because my husband, Expendables 4. So one of the first movies my husband took me, well, the first movie my husband took me to when we started dating was Rambo, which is why our dog's name is Rambo. <laughs> and then like the, I think the second movie he took me to was Expendables 2. Um, yeah, I cried because I think Liam Hemsworth is in it and his spoilers for Expendables 2. His girlfriend dies or something and I just started crying and I remember him being like, are you crying? Like, it's still sad. Just because it's the Expendables doesn't doesn't mean it's it's not not sad. So, uh, we were watching it and I turned to my husband and I go, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but it's still better than John Wick 4. And he was like offended. He was like, how is it better? Like, and granted, he loves Expendables. So like, he truly believes it's not as good. I'm like, at least these guys are funny. And the movie isn't four fucking hours. <laughs> Mary's the John Wick hater. I am the John Wick hater. If there is one, it is me. If there are zero, I am dead. <laughs> it's just, I just, it wasn't for me. And I didn't like it. But Expendables also really isn't for me, but at least it was funny. Um, I don't know if you know anything about the Expendables, but it's a bunch of dudes who are expendable. Yeah. Is it like real Suicide Squad? Yeah. They, they're like special forces who get independently hired, often by the government to do things that like the army can't legally do. Okay. Um, I've read really good romance books about that. Oh, this was not that. I thought you were going to say about the Expendables. No, but what do you think the Expendables fanfic scene is like? I'll look it up you while look you it talk. Up. You gotta look it up. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, so main guy Sylvester Stallone and Jason Statham still there. Um, Antonio Banderas's character's son is now there and is very funny and um just a, a smooth talker and talks a lot as his previous dad character. Um, there's oh Fifty Cent's in it. What? Uh, unexpected yeah it was really funny there's this moment where 50 cents in it and they have to like bomb some people and they play one of his songs as they're doing it and <laughs> i was like ha that's funny megan fox is in it okay she um uh is megan fox she looks good i mean her face doesn't move but she looks good there's 418 expendables fan what's fictions. the top ship um, it's gotta be jason statham christmas and uh christmas and, and barney Bear. ross yeah christmas that's jason statham and uh and um followed by gunnar jensen and ying yang i don't know gunnar jensen and barney ross one. i haven't it might be jensen not jensen uh gunnar jensen or jensen and original female characters mm. let's i'm gonna look up who that is yeah you look that up um so it starts with a bunch of killing in libya and they're like, this guy's killing Dolph people. Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah. I know. Okay. He's funny. Well, he, people people want to fuck him. Yeah. that's. I mean, it's not fair, but like I can see it. In this one, he's old, right? They're all old. Uh-huh. And he has glasses now, but he's a sniper. And they're like, oh, we don't really want the guy with glasses to be our sniper. And he's like, no, my scope is, uh, it, it's, it's uh, not medical, but it's prescription. <laughs> and he's really bad at it. It's very funny. <laughs> Um, and he has terrible hair. Um, so I can see it. It's, it's one of those characters. Yes. Um, and then, so they're like, these people are killing people and they're taking these explosives and, um, let's go get them. And then they go get them and spoilers, Jason Statham, not Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone's character, Barry, dies on a plane. Oh no. And I'm like, that, that bitch ain't dead. 
There's no way. And my husband's like, it's the last one. So he really, I'm like, that bitch ain't dead. Because you know why? Why the fuck didn't he jump out of that burning plane? Are you telling me he didn't jump out of that plane? Uh, spoilers, I was correct. Um, but yeah, it's then they go back and they're like, oh, this is so sad. Barney's dead. And then they're like, Christmas, you can't come along to help this because you're too connected. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then some more fighting happens and they find Ocelot and <laughs> a person named Ocelot. Not, not just not Ocelot. Ocelot. Ocelots are that would have been so sweet. cute. That would have been so cool. They're so cute. If in the end, the, the big villain Ocelot was a goddamn Ocelot. I'm going to look up pictures of Ocelots. Yeah, that's good. Good choice. Um, but yeah, it was fine. If you like the, ex- my husband said, I asked her, I go, how would you think? He goes, it was good. So I would assume if you like Expendables, oh it was good. Oh my God, they're so cute, Mary. See. That's just what he looked like. I d- eyes are so big. God, Ocelots are so cute. That's not what was in the movie. That one looks fierce. It is fierce. Oh my God. <laughs> look how fierce he is. There's so- look at the kittens. The kittens are really cute. Oh my God. But then people own them as pets and I feel bad. No, they shouldn't own them as pets. Yeah. But I just want to look at pictures of them because they're so fucking cute. They are cute. <gasps> um, yeah. So all in all, Expendables fine. Beautiful creature. Wow, it's long, long neck, long, long body. Uh, Expendables four was fine. If you like the Expendables, I'm sure you'll like it. I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't very long. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm interrupting this important conversation about yeah. the ocelots or about the uh, Expendables oh my God, to that talk about like ocelots. That looks like me. Yeah, <laughs> when you're when you're like. It's an ocelot with like looking surprised with its tongue out. Yeah, that's all I have to say about Expendables and ocelots. <laughs> Review of ocelots, ten out of ten. Expendables, I'd give it a f- six. Uh, do you want to do another one? Since a sure. we watch this together, yeah. and b you have one more than I do. Yes. Um. Uh, we watched North by Northwest. We made Mary. Yep. Because I hadn't seen it. Um, would you like to give a summary of it? Sure. I actually talked about it a while ago when I first watched it, but North by Northwest is a movie about what if some guy got stuck mm-hmm. in a in a conflict between a like crime people and the CIA. <laughs> so what happens is this the CIA this is a mild spoiler for the movie. You find it out like pretty quickly, but um the CIA has been convincing this crime group that there is an investigator named something on their tail. And the crime group decides that it's this guy, this random dude that they meet. They're like, Oh, it's this guy. We've caught him. And so it's this case of mistaken identity where these crime dudes are absolutely convinced that that th- that this random ass man played by Cary Grant, I can't remember his character's name, unfortunately, but he's played by Cary Grant. This random ass man is the CIA agent on their tail and he's just like some advertising guy. Um, and then he ends up being framed for the murder of an American diplomat. So he has the, the, uh, or some guy that works at the UN, it might not be a diplomat, but anyway, he has like the police on his tail. He's got the crime people on his tail. So he goes on like this cross country, like running away, trying to track down the real guy he's been mistaken for not knowing that the real guy doesn't exist. Um, so it's literally like, what if some guy got trapped in a James Bond story? <laughs> it, that's like such an accurate, I guess it was before James Bond. It was. And, and I thought that James Bond influenced it, but actually it influenced the James Bond films. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was funny. It was it was really good. I did like the the um, scene where the kid messed up and covered his ears. Yeah, it has what a very famous movie uh, blooper, not blooper. What do you call it? It's not an Easter egg. Anyway, somebody messed up. Mess up. They they got the. There's a sh- scene where a gunshot goes off, and th- this kid in the background like covers his ears before the gunshot because it was loud, and they'd already done a few takes, so he knew it was coming. Um, but yeah, North by Northwest is really fun. It's it's an older movie, and the pacing is different from modern movies because with a story like that, you expect a lot of I think action set pieces. Um, and it's, it doesn't move like that. And that made it better. Yeah, I agree. For someone who doesn't like action. Yeah, it moves slower than you would expect from a movie with that kind of plot. And there's a lot more scenes of like sitting around talking than you would expect Mm -hmm. from a movie where somebody's being pursued by a number of organizations. Um, but when it does, that makes the, the action moments hit harder. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there's obviously the extremely famous scene with the crop duster, right? Where it swoops down over his head. That's like the iconic North by Northwest scene. But it does make the scenes in which there is like gun violence, um, hit harder because the guns aren't always out. People are not always shooting at each other. So when there is any of that kind of violence, it, it's more impactful. Um, a single gu- gunshot carries a lot more weight in a movie like this than it does in a movie like, say, The Expendables, right? <laughs> or John Wick. I will say one of the one of the other women. Um, I think her name was Lash. She had a metal whip, and that was pretty sweet. That is pretty sweet. My husband was like, "That's not very like, um, like uh, efficient." Yeah. He. Why wouldn't you have a gun? I was like, "Cause it's a metal whip." Because it's sick. I'm like, I'm sure she had a gun and probably ran out of bullets. <laughs> she looked cool. Um, I liked it. I thought it was fun and funny. And um, I just liked how, what I liked about the character, the main guy was like, he's like, oh no, they've they've accidentally think I'm this guy. Well, I guess I got to go with it, right? I guess I got to <laughs> lean in and try and prove I'm not the guy by doing the things the guy does sometimes. Yeah. It's really, really funny. Like it's, it's the character is played like super sarcastically like he's really he's really sarcastic and like (laughs) what you gonna do (laughs) which makes again makes the movie better he doesn't like grow like discover his latent cia abilities he's he continues to be just a guy through the whole movie um and yeah it's it's great it's like a a really wonderful movie just know going into it that the the pacing is a movie from like 1959 mm-hmm. it doesn't follow the rules of a traditional action movie because it's not right i mean it it's more of a drama than it is or a psychological thriller i get not really psychological it's more of a thriller or a drama mixed with comedy than it is an action movie even though the plot would suggest that it's an action movie i would say it's more along the lines of something like catch me if you can yeah for sure then um the expendables since we were already talking about it or even a james bond film right Mm -hmm. um but it's a lot of fun um that hitchcock sure did know how to make a movie i guess he's like good about it or something yeah he's he's pretty good at it yeah what a surprise i watched only lovers left alive which came out in 2013 what the fuck (laughs) i thought this movie came out like five years ago really yeah um, Only Lovers Left Alive is a, vam- a <laughs> moody emo vampire film starring uh, Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. What you need to know is this movie absolutely fucking convinced me that we were robbed of Tom Hiddleston not playing Dream and Sandman. Because 
you should look up a picture of him in this movie, Mary. He looks like him. That boy can mope. Nobody fucking mopes like long-haired Tom Hiddleston the vampire. Um, so the, the movie is about um, Adam and Eve. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? Wow. He looks just like him. Um, Adam and Eve are married. That's t- Tom like Hiddleston. Like literal Adam and Eve? No. Oh. That's just their names. Um, they are married. They are vampires. And Adam does not want to be alive anymore. <laughs> Basically, he's just not, he's not with it. Um, Eve returns from where she's kind of been living it up, uh, in Tangiers, I think, along with Christopher Marlowe. Uh, one of the many people said to be actually Shakespeare. Um, she's been living it up with that guy and they've been having all the good blood and stuff. She comes back uh, to Detroit where Adam is living and um, she, I think she's like trying to cheer him up or something and he's not about it. Um, eventually shit happens and uh Things get worse. It's <laughs> the best way I can think to explain this. This movie's super moody. Like, it's not, again, not an action movie. It's one of those movies that people will describe as pretentious, which I think is primarily because it's slow. Mm. Like, it, it's a slow movie about vampires being moody. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, I really, really liked it. I had a good time. The beginning was, I thought, a little too slow. I would have liked things to move a little quicker in the beginning. Um, because the movie really picks up when uh, when Eve goes to America um, to meet up with Adam. Uh, and then you have the world's most annoying character played by, I can't remember her name, Mia something from Crimson Peak. Mm. Uh, she plays the world's most annoying vampire, which shout out to her because, wow, that character was annoying. Um, she was supposed to be. <laughs> um yeah, it was really enjoyable. If if you like beautiful people looking weird and sad, this is a good movie. If you like vampires, I was we were talking about it while watching it and I compared it to like a different a very different take on what we do in the shadows. Um it not because it's funny or anything, but because uh much like what we do in the shadows, these are some profoundly uncool vampires. Like you get the idea that Adam is really cool because he's like a musician and he walks around with his shirt off and he has like scraggly hair and he's tortured or whatever. But like he's really uncool. Um, he makes like, I don't know, noise rock and then he doesn't want anybody to listen to it. <laughs> and it's I don't know. It's kind of darkly funny and weird and melancholy in a way that I really enjoyed. Um, I've been feel I've. Interview with a Vampire really did a lot to endear vampires to me again. Like, I'm feeling vampires again in 2023. Um, I've also been playing Baldur's Gate, so we have Astarian being, like, an interesting vampire. So um, vampires are in, again, for me. Werewolves are always in, but vampires are in again. But only ones that are really cool or really uncool. I cannot deal with, like... I, you know, the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. I can't do it. If you're going to brood, I want to see Tom Hiddleston level brooding. You yeah. know, I want to see Louis level brooding. Yeah. I don't want to see pretty boy brooding. Yeah. I want to see deep existential melancholy levels of brooding. I don't want teen girl protagonist. 
I want no protagonist. <laughs> I want the worst people imaginable being sad. And that is my media of choice. You're so weird. I'm not I'm very normal. Very. I'm very normal. And I'm not pregnant. <laughs> what were we watching the other day where a character was like Oh no, it was actually Baldur's Gate. I was playing Baldur's Gate last night and there's a scene my character was on a date with another character, which was very cute. And my character said something like, this is weird. And the other character was like, no, we're very normal people doing extremely normal things. We're being very normal right now. That's you. And that's me every day of my life. Yeah. Um, I watched the newest, I think it's actually the second part of the newest season of Selling Sunset. Which Missy isn't caught up on, so I won't spoil it. No, anything. I'm so I'm two seasons behind now because they released one season six months after the previous I think season. it's the second season second part of the season. Oh, though. I see. Because I don't remember there being a reunion for the first part. Mm. And there was a reunion for this one. Um so I I don't I mean I can't say much about it because Missy still needs to watch it and there's so much drama that happens. I don't think this is actually as strong as previous seasons. Well, what are they gonna do without Christine? That's the thing. I like I'm I I know Christine's not a nice person, but like the show's about Christine. Yeah, she is replaced by another girl who is just kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um and spoilers, Chriselle kind of turns into the villain. Oh. Um and I will say what I do like about this season is that Amanda gets more airtime and mm-hmm. I love Amanda. I think she's really cool. She says she make the right decision every time. No, but who does? Who watches this show to watch people make good decisions? Yeah. Oh, trust me. If you want to see some people make some bad decisions, what do you find out what the two stupid brothers do? <laughs> the decision they make. Did they ever sell the house? Which one? The the big one. The one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they did. No, I, there's just ever a bunch of big ones. Oh no, the one, the one that he was working on, the big, uh, the weird one. guy, the guy that thinks his house is worth a gajillion oh, dollars. No, I don't think not. They didn't, at least. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, that's the real, the real suspense is: will they ever sell that guy? I'm really house? curious if they did because a lot, something they talked a lot about in this season, which has nothing to do with drama, is a new law going in. Uh, going on in um, California at, at a certain date, there's going to be a mansion tax. Oh. And so it takes this is like a certain percentage of whatever you pay for your What's mansion. That? What's that character's name? That character. She's a real person, but I keep wanting to say Desiree. No, she's not in it anymore. What is her name? The one with the brown hair. Yeah. Then Davina. Davina's not in it anymore. Oh. And she was the one with that house. Yes. Yes. She's not in it anymore because she was It was boring. still unsold as of May 2023. Well, it's definitely not selling now because they're having issues with selling houses. It's not going like it was before. Um, but you know, th- the brothers still like, let's expand. Still unsold as of November 7th. Oh my God. It, what's the price on it? Does it 75 say? million. They started at a hundred. So they haven't even gone down that much. And now there's a mansion tax on it. <laughs> what is wrong with people? People, you know what? This person deserves it. It is still active as of November 7th. It's still active on their website, but it's still $75 million and is unsold. Yeah. That, uh, that person deserves every dollar they're not getting. <laughs> um, what's her name isn't in as much because she had her baby. So Heather had her baby. Oh, there's also another new villain um, who is uh, has a child with Nick Cannon, and um, she well, def- who doesn't these days? That's basically that becomes a big plot <laughs> of who doesn't these days. Uh, she's really supposed to be the replacement for Christine, but she also falls short, and you can tell that she's just 
I think Christine, while making it up, is making it up because she's not necessarily a good person. Whereas I think this other girl, who I can't remember her name, is making things up to stay on the show. Mm. So she was okay. It was fine. It was good. There's more G-Flip in it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's still a good just put it on and turn your brain off show. Nice. So um, you guys should catch up at some point. Someday. One day. Um, we finally finished our group playthrough of the quarry. Where they just dug holes. Where they just dig really deep holes. No, the quarry. rocks out. The quarry is, uh, the second game from Supermassive, uh, who make sort of playable horror films is the best way I can think to describe it. Um, they also made Until Dawn. Uh, the quarry is sort of a slasher movie. It, spoilers is a supernatural slasher movie um about a group of teenagers who are camp counselors at hackett's quarry um and they end up stranded at the quarry after their vehicle is sabotaged at least in our game by one of the one of the characters that you can play and in this game you play all of the different teenagers like the you play different sections of the game with different people um, and you control what they do. You make choices. Sometimes you have to react with like quick time events or moving the mouse or not making or not doing anything. <laughs> um, and that changes the way that the story unfolds and who lives and who dies. Um, this game was much better in my opinion than Until Dawn. I had a lot of fun with Until Dawn, but it, suffered from the slasher issue of wow i don't care if any of these people die they all suck so bad um whereas the quarry we were desperately trying to keep most of the characters alive because we loved them (laughs) now can i tell you what their names were no i can tell you what some of them were there was dylan our boy mostly referred to as our boy we did not like dylan at first because he was really snarky and he seemed mean um but then it turned out that he's gay and we love him now (laughs) it's okay to be snarky and mean if you're gay um um there was detective pikachu um who is played by the guy in detective pikachu not Not pikachu not pikachu the son pikachu's son sorry for the detective pikachu Pikachu jr Sorry for the Detective Pikachu spoilers. He's played by that guy. Didn't really like him, but desperately needed him to kiss Dylan. So we tried to keep him alive. We did not succeed. Um, Because of one single choice. Uh, The guy from Booksmart is there. He's only in the beginning and the end. Um, But he's there. Uh, Brenda Song is there. I don't know what the fuck the name of her character was. But... She was really she was really important to keep alive. Um, And this this game did a much better job of not being offensive than the last one. (laughs) The last one had some interesting things about Native Americans in there. Um, Pretty goofy. Uh, This one had a very questionable line, (laughs) but otherwise was not as offensive as as a. until dawn was i thought this one was so much better it was so much fun especially because we actually were invested in some of the characters so it wasn't just like let's see what happens it was like we need to keep brenda song alive nothing bad can happen to brenda song um 
so yeah, we played it by having uh, friends over and one person would hold the controller and everybody else would shout instructions at them. <laughs> Which I think is maybe the best way to play it. <laughs> they actually have a couch co-op mode where one person controls every distinct character. Like, oh, we're playing Dylan now, but now it's Detective Pikachu's turn. So hand the, the controller to the person who plays Detective Pikachu. No, one person plays everybody and everybody else just shouts at that person. <laughs> um, but the quarry was super fun. If you like horror movies and you're looking for a game to like play as a group it's not like designed for that but it was super fun for that like we had a really good time playing it together um we did not get the perfect good ending because this is a slight spoiler the the composition of the group we were playing with has a deep trust for creepy old ladies and werewolves and no trust whatsoever for cops so <laughs> so we <laughs> that seems fine we were loaded in a particular direction uh for a choice that did not play into the best ending i wasn't here for the ending oh you left before the ending too tired and pregnant yeah this is spoilers i'm just gonna tell mary what happened so skip forward like 20 seconds we had a choice to shoot the werewolf silas the the major werewolf mm-hmm. or the cop and shot the cop. we shot the cop the werewolf was um the the tarot lady's son oh i saw the flashback yeah so we shot the cop and then the werewolf killed laura and detective pikachu so mm. everybody else lived except those two okay um which was disappointing for us because that meant that now dylan and detective pikachu can't kiss i mean they could He's he had like his whole face ripped off. He can be a ghost. If there's werewolves, there's ghosts. That's true. Casper. She's a ghost. Yeah. The yeah. witch lady. Yeah. She's like a ghost or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the quarry was really fun. I definitely recommend it. Um probably more as a group activity than as a solo activity, even if it's not designed for that. It was a lot of fun. Um, last thing I have is sex education. Uh it was good. It wasn't as good as previous seasons. It yeah. was really sad. It was. I think you said that too. Like it was really serious and like it was still funny and stuff, but sex education does so well at like taking serious things and running humor with them. Yeah. Where it feels like you're really like engaging in a really deep conversation, but it's still funny. Um, but a lot of it was just sad. I think I said this when I was talking about when I, when I watched it, but like the season really stretched the, my suspension of disbelief as far as some of the things that were going on. Yeah. Um, specifically with regard to the school, the new school. Um, and some of the stuff that went like unexplored weakened it for me. Like I still like the season. Yeah. But like, why couldn't they have two sex therapists? The sex therapist thing, that whole storyline didn't work. It was the, for me, it was the weakest. Yeah. Uh, the only part that wasn't weak about it is the storyline that intertwined with Ruby. Yeah. Because Ruby's the best. Yes. I love Ruby so much. Um, and then Maeve's story was really sad. Amy's it was. was good. Everything oh, you said Amy's last time. Amy's story was so good. Amy's like, story was really good. Absolutely the strongest of the season. Everything I, about Amy, She should be the star. Yeah. she Like, the actor fucking nailed it. 
and just it's the, emotional. Yeah, the way that story developed with like so much sadness, like mixed in with like joy and healing, was really so effective. Like yeah. so well done. Yeah, I loved everything about Amy's. Amy's story. character usually gets just really slam dunk storylines, mm-hmm. and I'm glad because Amy is my favorite character, um, and deserves everything. It's true, and I'm happy for her. Um, I can't remember Maeve and. What's his name? Do they end up together in the end? No. Okay, good. Good, good. I don't like them together. <laughs> I don't. Hot take. I don't. I think Maeve is way too cool for him. No, that's way true. Too, way too, like, she's not super mature, but she's she is more mature than yeah. him. But so is my baby. <laughs> um, and I just think he's he's way too insecure to be with her right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they needed to grow up. Yeah, they, they should never have been together. Um, and I think it had more to do with Maeve's insecurities. Mm-hmm. than anything else um so but and i i did like um uh, i loved uh what's his name the new doctor who eric? eric i loved eric's story i did too it was really weird it was really weird and i really liked that it was I loved really how fucking weird. weird it was it was super weird and i like it was almost like again almost stretching the bounds of credibility but like the school actually did that more for me the yeah. school was weirder to me than whatever the hell was going on with eric I think if you're religious, it might have been less that that much. Yeah. Um. But I I just leaned into the weirdness of it and not yeah. the religious part of it. And then how it intertwined with Cal was really good. Yeah. I'm so glad Cal really got their own story this yeah. season, even if it was really sad. It was extremely sad, but still like the way that everyone banded together. Yeah. So, anyways, and uh, Jackson. Jackson, yeah, Jackson and his balls. Jackson and his balls. But I was just really happy the way that Jackson showed up for Cal. When he's like f- dreaming about falling into a pit of his own balls. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Yeah. Um, I, th- I feel like they had these storylines that they wanted to do and they just threw them all into one season. The season was too short. It was too short and there was too much going on. And like, they could have they could have slimmed down the storylines and it would have been still very good. The new ca- there were too many new characters. Yeah. Um I really liked what they did with those characters, yes. but there were too many of them for the amount of episodes the season. There were too many of them for it to be the last season. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Um Now I can say now that you've watched it, I yes. can spoil it for everybody else and I can say what bothered me about Otis's storyline this season, which, Otis, which was that's that a stupid name. Huh? That's his Otis. <laughs> Which Otis is meal. during the debate when O accuses him of being essentially a men's rights activist activist because his father is. And that's a shitty thing to do. And Otis ne- or sorry, O never apologizes for that. Yeah. And I was really frustrated with that. I was really, really frustrated that that felt then like an okay thing for O to say. I really did not like O whatsoever. I didn't trust her as I thought far was, as I could throw her. She, I thought she was an interesting character, but the narrative seemed to like her more than I did. Yeah, agreed. And um, there's I nothing. I feel sorry for her. Yeah, I don't know. I had really mixed feelings about her as a character, but the fact that she didn't apologize for calling for implying to the school that Otis is a men's right, rights activist or an incel really frustrated me like it it really did especially because like the sh- the show just kind of let that go and i was like no that's a really damaging thing to say about yeah somebody. especially in otis's position right and otis is a lot of things he's immature he's kind of a control freak he's gonna be a dick um 
but he's not a men's rights no. activist. Um, that doesn't mean that he's not sometimes misogynistic, uh, but that's different, right? And I felt that the show would have been stronger if they had defined that line and huh. had O say essentially, I'm yeah. sorry for lumping you in with somebody like your father, yeah. but you are kind of a dick sometimes, yes. especially about gender. Yes. Like that, that's fine. Like yeah. there's, there's a, there's a world of difference between being a garden variety misogynist <laughs> and being a men's rights activist. Yes. Agreed. And I mean men's rights activist in the like red pill sense. The worst kind of sense. Yeah. I don't just mean people who are like, you know, we should fix suicide rates among men. <laughs> like I can get behind that cause, you know, but um, I'm talking about the very like damaging close to incel. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's a really serious accusation to yeah. make against somebody. And it really bothered me that the show kind of just let that go because it was like a funny dig or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like we've seen Otis work to disentangle himself from his father, right? Mm-hmm. And and to just like not acknowledge that work really actually did bother me. Yeah. Um, but as we all know, I'm a misogynist. It's so true. So you were personally offended. So I was personally offended. Um, but yeah, the season I liked this season. There was a lot I really liked about it. It was definitely the weakest, and it needed at least two more episodes, I think, mm-hmm. to really make everything work i did not trust abby her name's abby right yes i did not trust abby for the whole season (laughs) especially when she was like uh i can't remember all the characters names leaving the the deaf hard of hearing girl out of the conversation about Mm -hmm. ruby was it or with ruby something like that it was really good i liked that part though yeah and um, I was glad with her that they they used her to talk about toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really effective. Um, I really liked the everything they did with like ableism in queer spaces. Yeah. I d- again, like I said last time, it was a little corny. It was, but <laughs> but it was still fun. Yeah, it, it, but uh, you expect that type of school to be corny. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so it, it worked for me. You expect them to be corny, like when they started clam- cla- clamping, clapping, or whatever. They I were think doing. it was the Mean Girls reference that really pushed me over. The edge. There was a there was a Mean Girls reference in Expendables Four. Oh my god! And Bob didn't. He's like, what? It was like getting losers going shopping, and oh they god. missed a good Taylor Swift reference. Uh, because he answers the phone. He's like. Um, sorry, so and so can't come to the phone now. And I was like, <laughs> why? Because they're dead. And then my husband was like, all horror movies do that. I'm like, no, there's a very specific way they could have done it. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah. yeah, it was a good show. It is a good show, and I'll miss it. We should stop doing things that aren't done yet. Yeah, you know that might be a good uh, <laughs> moving forward. That might moving be a good idea. Forward, let's do things that have completed, or at least plan a part two episode. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. I suppose. Um, you have anything else to say? No, I'm really tired. I am. This baby likes to take everything from me. <laughs> That's what babies are for. Listen, people are not meant to give birth and <laughs> carry babies. I will die on this hill. <laughs> There's, there's nothing that's like, uh, there's no part of my body that's built for this. <laughs> because it can do it doesn't mean it's built for it. Why am I so tired? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know why I'm so tired, but shouldn't I be strong <laughs> if I was built for this? Shouldn't I be like a fucking bodybuilder? Mary should be like hulking out right now. I, I, nobody better tell me my body's built for this because they're going to have a sit down conversation. <laughs> anyway, Mary's really going to get your ass. I'm so tired. I was so tired. This is Were nothing, you tired? This is nothing to do with any of this. Lot, the other night I was 
I'm having insomnia, which is typical in the third trimester. And I was watching, I was watching something because for some reason that's now the only way I can fall asleep. You're turning into your mother. Yeah, I know. I was slowly falling asleep and I was like at the point where I was just about to fall asleep. So I'm like, Alexa, turn the TV off. And right as I have my husband barged into the room, cause he stays up late cause he, he works nice and <laughs> like wakes me up and I'm like, I'm falling asleep. Like shut the fuck up. And <laughs> then I'm like, Alexa, turn the TV on. I go to say that. And my husband goes, blah, blah, blah. and I got so mad. I'm like, stop. And he did it again. And I have never wanted to throw my husband out, out of the house more <laughs> in my life. I was so mad. Oh I was my God. so, I was just like, put your head in the toilet and let me flush it. Cause I'm so <laughs> mad at you right now. Pregnancy makes me angry. <laughs> she got the baby ring. I feel like it's fair. Yeah. If Josh did that to you. You'd be you'd want to give him a. I'd bite him. You put him in the in the toilet too. I'd bite him. Yeah, he was too far for me to bite. Uh, that's it for this episode. <laughs> you can find us online at fakegirlscast.com, which has not all of our previous episodes. Some Many. are missing. <laughs> I'm working on that now. If you are looking for a particular episode, especially post like 2016 or so, they are all available for free on our Patreon. So if you are having trouble finding a given episode, you can look there. Uh, I am working on uploading all of the missing episodes. Basically, what happened is we moved the website, but the old links stayed up. And when that happened, the links broke and now I have to fix all of them, which is fine. The There are a handful of episodes that are straight up missing, like I don't have the files for them, but I should be able to get them off of Patreon. So if you are looking for a missing episode, go to Patreon. If it's one of our earliest episodes, it isn't up yet. I will get it up, I promise. Um, sorry. You should be. I am. Um, thank you to Emily June for helping with our transcriptions. If you like this episode, consider sending us some money on Patreon. Um, small donation gets you access to our bonus material, which there's like 15 minutes so far. I've cut out of the Barbie episode <laughs> and most of it's Mary. Sorry, Mary. Well, I had a lot to say. It's, it's mostly like the side stuff, like yeah. our conversation about bimbos <laughs> or some stuff about Taylor Swift. <laughs> It was just some stuff that, like, it wasn't irrelevant. She just hates me. I just hate Mary. Um, It wasn't irrelevant. It just wasn't... Uh, it was adding to the existing conversation in a way that was interesting, but the episode is so fucking long um, that something, something had to go. <laughs> um... Anyway, you can get bonus episodes for more. You can get like a, a postcard in the mail, access to these playlists we make, or you can even commission us to do an episode for $50 a month. Not a month. It's $50, and that gets you a commissioned episode. Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about Ken. Uh, this episode Ken. outline slaps so far. It's going to be really good. Um, so far, it's mostly not about Ken. It's about patriarchy. <laughs> And where it comes from. Well, I mean, that shouldn't be surprised yeah. to really anyone. Yeah. Um, after that, we are going to be taking January off from recording, which means it will be February that doesn't have episodes. And Mary is due to give birth in January. Birth and the baby. So what we this is what we have decided. I'm going to do some guest episodes, as in I'm going to have some other people come on and do episodes with me. And Mary may or may not make an appearance on those episodes depending on her energy level and how much time she has because she will have had a baby i don't know how having a baby works so i could be fine and i could not be fine yeah we simply don't know so the plan now is that we will return in 
in uh, March, we being me and some guest hosts and maybe Mary, as long as Mary has the energy, we will continue to do what we've been up to with me and Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, it just everything kind of depends on having this baby and what you know what the baby needs and what mary needs the nuisance of this baby and we just simply we just simply don't know so the plan now is that i will do probably at least three guest episodes um and we will go from there mary may or may not appear on the guest episode so she can have some time to care for herself and her baby because it's uh, a it's a whole baby it's a whole baby and it does a lot to your body (sighs) let me tell you I don't need to know anymore, actually. I've told Missy so many things where I like Missy's not having kids, right? Like there's nothing that would have convinced her. But now you, you could offer me a billion dollars to have a child and I wouldn't do it. Now I think she'd let everybody in her life die first. <laughs> not the cats, though. Not the cats. But but even then, <laughs> she'd think about it. Would, there's no part of this that Missy would ever be OK with. No, it's so it's so scary. Um, So that's that's what's going on. If. Uh, you can always subscribe to our newsletter. It's on our website where I will like post actual updates about what we're going to be doing and with whom and so on and so forth. Um, but after the Ken episode, we will be taking a month off, um, which will which we like- typically do in, in, in July. We usually do it in, in December. December. I didn't mean July. I meant <laughs> December. Um, so we're just going to do it in January. Shouldn't be super. Yeah. We're just going to do it in January instead of in December yeah. this year because yeah. that's when Mary's due. And then yeah. when we come, when it comes back, it'll just be a little bit different because I will be planning episodes with guest hosts rather yeah. than with Mary. Yeah. Um, Mary may even be better than me. <laughs> you might be like, fuck, keep her out of here. Yeah. Have another one, Mary, have so another. I don't have to podcast with you. I'll have another if someone wants to pay for it. <laughs> do you know how expensive this shit is? Jesus Christ. No wonder people aren't having children. Yeah. Um, so that's it. So many opinions. Uh, yeah, catch on the flip side with the babies.